welcome to a new Paradigm of Education podcast. I'm your host, Monique Sayers. Today we have a special guest with us. His name is JT Tsu, and I hope I've got your name correct. You can always correct me in a moment. Uh, so before I go ahead and introduce JT, I'd love to introduce our podcast. So our podcast is uh, created for the change makers of the world, the people who are all holding hands, wanting to collaborate in this new vision of a new paradigm of education. So on this podcast, we go into, well, what is a new paradigm of education anyway? And how can we support people with that? You know, our change makers of the world, our parents, educators, mentors, whoever you are listening, we're here to interact with you and co-create with you on this podcast. So JT, I'd love to hear about you and um, your mission. Um, and could mm. you just introduce yourself a little bit to our audience? Thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, Monique. I appreciate you uh, inviting me to uh, share some space with you and your community. Uh, my name is JT Sui. Uh, I am on a mission to show people, other people, what's possible when they go all in and truly bet on themselves. And for me, this mission, uh, most importantly, uh, connects to my beautiful wife of 12 years and my two young kids. Um, and then I also have some professional vehicles that I do it in terms of coaching, speaking, uh, writing, and then currently serves the, the director of sport here in uh, Ontario, Canada um, with Football Ontario. So yeah, just some different vehicles, but again, all around these ideas of, yeah, how to bring out the greatness in others. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. And I also wanted to mention also to our audience, um, the JT was also a teacher and or probably mm -hmm. still is a teacher, whatever we classify ourselves as teachers. I feel like everybody's teachers and students, right? And <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like that also is an aspect that's bringing out the greatness, you know, like us showing mm -hmm. up for the children. Um, mm -hmm. Maybe you could just share a little bit about that background and then what led you to where you are, perhaps. That could be interesting. Yeah. Um the interesting part about my journey was I was the classic underachiever in school in terms of the academic sense. Uh, for me, it was just school never really resonated with me. I've always been a bit of a contrarian in, in the 3D world. Like I, I want to know why we're learning something. And if I don't see the connection, I don't know, I can be a little rough around the edges, which, you know, I like to ask questions. That's a curiosity. Interestingly enough, you know, here I am at the end of my formal education and I'm transitioning into schools and, and going into education. Uh, but for me, my mission, again, was connected back to, I just want to help people. I just want to help them to understand what's possible when they go all in. And for me, this really came back to creating connection. So for me, from my lived experience, I didn't always feel seen, feel heard, feel appreciated in school, which is our greatest human need. So for me, I really built a education career on that foundation of really building those bridges of trust to really using the my natural curiosities to find out you know, what makes what makes these students tick, what lights a fire in their belly, and what really brings out that joy and that of uh, long life learning. So that's how I kind of found it there. And fast forward to 2016, when I personally went on my own personal growth, self-development journey, and I started to learn more about myself, I started to bring some of these concepts and started to shift my own paradigm about how I saw myself in the world. And as I did that, I started to realize that 
new questions needed to, to be asked within our education system. And as I started to ask more of those questions, I realized that I didn't necessarily fit the mold anymore, which again, prompted me to go on this new adventure, this new path in life. And again, it's been filled with ebbs and flows, but again, I do it all over again, you know, 365 days of the year, um, you know, and just do it again. Yeah, totally, totally. I hear you around that. Um, I feel like we're in a place, a bridge within the world, where a lot of people are, are really conscious and um, are waking up and just looking for change in so many mm -hmm. different ways. I'm not a fan of like raving on about the pandemic, but what I do know is that I feel like it helped a lot of us as globally to kind of, um, I don't know, to almost sit still for a few moments to pause and then to see, well, what's next and how can I really be of, of my true divine service? And I'm sharing this because I feel like this is really important for our children as well, because I really believe like they're pathway is not some kind of mold it's like an embodiment that we're, we're bringing out in them to show them you know what where, where, where do you want to go what do you want to do and how are you going to share your mm -hmm. gifts you know that's kind of the paradigm shift I'm seeing as opposed to being like the teacher student it's like well we're, we're there just to help them to rise with us you know all of us yeah you bring up a, a wonderful idea right of you know you just take a look and just observe the way education has been done up to this point. And the truth is it really hasn't changed much since the industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not good or bad. It's not positive or negative, it just is. But what can we do to engage our learners? Because as you said, the last two and a half years have shown that online learning, one person just teaching at, talking at, doesn't work. And I, I just look at my kids as a, as a perfect example. I think if we created more opportunities, and again, from my lived experience being in education for 15 years, that when we provide opportunities to play so that they can explore, they will discover lessons that are much more powerful and transformative than anything that you could get, you know, copying a note, taking a multiple choice test, and or doing anything that traditionally we do in education yeah 100 100 and that's what i've been seeing has been really beautiful in the paradigm is uh so many people have created different ways for this to happen and it's really inspiring to see and um, I'd love to know more about your current, what you're doing currently um, with like in terms of sports and um, yeah. kind of, I don't know, it feels like this energy of like excitement and fire and wanting to kind mm -hmm. of ignite people to rise up in their way through sports. Like, could you tell more, tell us more about that? Yeah, I'd love to. So sport has obviously been near and dear to my heart. Uh, I've been involved with sport for 35 plus years, uh, first as an athlete, then transitioned into a coach. So I believe sport is a vehicle to teach greater life lessons. Um, and if you take a look at this idea of multiple intelligences, some learn in a traditional academic sense, right? Some have their intelligence that set them up to succeed in math and English. You know, sport, kinesthetic is, is another way. So for me, um, again, traditional education was not my path anymore. So going on this new journey, I've been able to take some of these lessons, which again, have been things I've learned along my journey, and to be able to transfer them into high performance sport. 
So we're sort of on this journey and this is the amazing part. And, and I feel like it would resonate with you, Monique, is we're co-creating this. Like we have a big vision of what we want and it's to provide football for all. Like football is near and dear to our community. But again, it's co-creating this vision of providing more opportunity and providing more platforms so more people can experience it. So right now our focus is on, and here's the question that we've been playing around with that I find is always marinating with me is, what if we created a culture that acknowledged, that praised, and that celebrated other people? And really this idea of like, what if we create a culture where our young people celebrated the wins of others as much as their own? Mm. And I think for me, that that's a question that gets me out of bed. I'm always looking at, you know, what can we do to, to move this, share this idea with more people, move it along. So that's kind of what we're in the process of co-creating. Um, it's messy. Not everyone understands it right now. But again, you just, as long as you keep moving in the direction of growth, beautiful things manifest. Yeah, that's awesome. And I wanted to go a bit deeper with that because, yeah. you know, we're not just talking about sport, we're talking about the mindset behind the sport. And mm -hmm. the mindset is like everything when it comes to learning in all kinds of forms, right? So perhaps mm -hmm. you could share with us like um, some some tips or some ways that we can step into this, this space and, and help ourselves in whatever we want to achieve in life. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I think a, a great segue. Again, from my own experience, uh, from myself personally, or, or working as a high quality athlete coach, I've acknowledged that there are certain characteristics that allow athletes and coaches to thrive in a sports context. They are ambitious, they are driven, they are open minded and coachable. Right. So those are that those are those qualities and characteristics that have allowed them to create success you know, on the field, on the court, on the ice. The challenge with that, and, and I say that as someone who's been there, done that feature, is learning to harness that. And, and most high-quality athletes, coaches, they thrive in the doing. But it's actually showing them that the power is in learning to be more, right? And as, as uh, Gerda talked about, you must first be something before you can do something. So for us right now, it, it's an opportunity to really help our athletes to become more comfortable being uncomfortable. And for them, a lot of discomfort sometimes is just being still. It's removing themselves from the doing, the hustle and the grind. And as I said, it's a game. It's a daily process. It, it's filled with ebbs and flows. But, we, but we're providing these uh, skills, these social emotional learning skills to actually help them to be able to hit pause, pull the jets and just embrace being still a little bit more every day. Do they do, um, do you do visualization with them and things like that that go beyond the, what I call beyond the, um, the emotional intelligence and into the higher intelligence, like to, did you do visualizations and things like that or not so much? Yeah. So, so we sort of view it. The interesting part is, and again, that's probably my, the ability to co-create and figure out, you know, meeting people where they're at has been mm. like teaching has provided me a great platform to transition into business because it's yeah. learning me how to, how to, how to meet that way. So our starting point generally is, you know, Hey, what, it might be something as low barrier enter. What quality do you want to share with your brother or sister on this call? Right. So these group, these group coaching calls, 
where then at the end, we may do like a quick take five, or we might do a breathing exercise um, for our athletes that are a little bit, that have put in the, the mental reps and sets, then we can progress to visualization. So to answer your question, it just depends where they are in the journey. And it's slowly just introducing them to, to more tools that they can have. So yeah, yeah, so I find we, it fa fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, the, no, uh, so I, go, go, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Free flow here. <laughs> yeah, so no, the visualization. So we introduce it. We will introduce it more with our athletes and coaches that have done a little bit more of the prep work, the preparation work to get to that point. So you mean they feel more, more prepared that they want to do it? Like what kind of preparation work would they need to do it? I'm asking because I know like myself personally, I know the power of visualization. Um, I know mm -hmm. how much it's changed my life and how mm -hmm. simple it is. So like, I guess I'm just um, like curious what, like what kind of preparation work would they need to move into that phase? If that makes sense. Yeah. For example, so to answer your question, the private, so a lot of athletes, um, depending where they are on their journey. So my private coaching clients will do more visualization. That will be more of the norm because again, they're doing the work on a daily basis to train their mind. Our athletes who, and coaches who might only see us, you know, for a session once a week, once a month, they will be more on some of the like take five, more of the mindfulness-based stuff. So again, mm -hmm. it's just sort of, it's depending where they are on the journey. And really for me, it's about sort of reading the room and seeing kind of where they're at. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. just curious around that. I've had that with some of the students I've been teaching. Uh, recently, I had a boy and I was teaching him math actually, but he looked really like, um, didn't want to focus that day, like at all. And I was like, cause he's usually like really, really excited by it. Like he loves it. And that's why I teach it with him because it's not like, I'm like, Hey, we must do this. It's like, he comes to me for private classes and he wants it and he's excited for it. And he was like, like just, um, yeah, just not enthused that day. And I'm like, what's happened? What's happened? And he's like, I want to win the cross country. And he was like, super like shaken up by it. He was just sitting there like on fire. I could feel his body like, I want to win the cross country. And I was just like looking at him and I was just like, no, we're not doing maths. <laughs> maths <laughs> is gone. Forget this. I know I'm supposed to be here for you for this, but no. And, um, and yeah, I did the visualization with him. He's never done one in his life. He's only like mm -hmm. uh, 10 years old. And it was super left of field for him. Like, cause I'm obviously into meditation and I meet other kids and families. They love it. And they're like, oh, meditation. But for him, it was like this new thing. And I'm like, okay, just close your eyes for a minute. And then he did it. And like, we did it literally just for a minute. I did it a super, super abridged version, really, really short, just allowing him to visualize what he wanted. I didn't say he must win anything. I just okay. said, just be, ha just be happy, just allow you, because he's a child, I didn't want to force things into his mind. I'm like, you, you visualize mm -hmm. what you want to do, visualize yourself on the finish line allow yourself to feel happy and then um you know and then from there I was just like okay that's great I've done my part he'll be more calm inside himself regardless of whatever he's doing maths or sport or anything in life he's going to be more calm and then the next week he came to me and he's like wow I can't believe it I came second at the nationals I'm so happy and da 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 and, and then he was talking about the visualization like that he could remember it and he was doing it in his dreams and so this one little minute like set this plant of the seeds for this thing that he can use in life and I guess mm -hmm. that's why I'm sharing it because because um, 
I just see these little things that we do can really, you know, really create such a, a wave of change in air, all areas, not just sport, right? Just in in life. So, so I'm sharing it with you. <laughs> yeah, I. You know what I love about that, Monique, is like you said, it's it started to prompt me to reflect on, you know, yeah, why are we doing that? And I think back to some of these speaking opportunities where I had, where I'll lead them through a quick visualization. And part of me, like you, it's I I try to connect them to a feeling. Like I like my whole intention behind it is to connect them to their body to help them connect to a sense a greater sense of calm and confidence so they feel energized enthused and 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 just that fire in their belly and it's interesting that I always then encourage them to tie in their physical senses so so like you I, I try to guide them it's less about you know forcing them into an idea, but I just, again, I really want them to connect that feeling of calm and confidence. And it's interesting, like you said, said when you ask them, hey, what did you experience? And it, just from a place of total objectivity, it's amazing just that those words that they will describe that, that they're feeling, right? So it's leaving them with, I like to call it the winning feeling, right? Because when mm. you feel calm, when you feel confident, when you feel relaxed, when you feel focused, that's where you know, you can go out and start to create more wins. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I feel like that is part of the seeds of the new paradigm because I feel like when everybody's in that place of um, regulation and, you know, order <laughs> within within yourself, that anything anything is possible, any, any kind of learning, any kind of unlearning, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it, it's all possible, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'd also love to ask you, I can see this book in the background, You Are, you are yeah. Greatness, and it gets me very curious. Could you tell me about that? <laughs> yeah, so I wrote the book, and interestingly enough, it was an idea, the thought seed was planted when I was seven years old. I, I always had this passion when I was a kid to write. And for whatever reason, you know, I had different motivations for why I wanted to write, and then I just kind of you know, moved on to a new adventure, sort of started playing, exploring, discovering sport. And it was interesting that once I left education and shifted my paradigm about what's possible, I, I felt this deep inspiration on a run to finally write the book. So here's a book that's 30 years in the making. And it was on this run where I made that commitment. I went all in and here's the book. And it starts, ideas just started to flow to me. And, and from the book, it just allowed me to share 13 simple ideas. It's a choose your own adventure. And it's just these 13 short stories that are from my lived experience. And there's a couple, there's a few questions at the end of every chapter that just prompt some to stop and think, some reflection. And, and the reason I found it so powerful was I just wanted to give a tool that was accessible and hopefully help people you know, give them one nugget of wisdom, as I like to call it, that could help them along their journey to greatness. So um, it's been really interesting because it's resonated with young people, but it's also resonated with people maybe a little more seasoned on their life experience. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's really been a, a beautiful journey just to, you know, find another vehicle to help and serve people. Yeah, amazing. And would you mind to share one of the nuggets with us? I'm really curious, just like one of the inspirational uh -huh. parts. Yeah, it's uh, the interesting part you may find is that I wrote the book through different lenses. So some were about a coaching, some were about my uh, 
adventures as a dad, as a husband, just as a, you know, a human being experiencing this game of life. And I always find it interesting. I always ask people, what resonated with you? And I find, depending where people are at, different things resonate with people. Probably one of the more interesting chapters, the one that seems to get the feedback is, I am illogical. So illogical. a lot of my work is, a, yeah. So a lot of my work is around, uh, as I was mentioned earlier, calm, confidence, affirmations, and, and really developing the leader within. And why I love that I am illogical is that we've been conditioned that life has to follow this uh, logical pattern, right? We, we, we go to school, we get a job, we get a home, we get a family. And again, I have found from my experience, I've, I've played that game. And sometimes, you know, it, it led me to where I wanted to go. But very often, it was the decisions that I made that were illogical, for example, leaving the safe and comfortable world of teaching in the traditional sense that actually allowed me to develop a greater sense of love, joy, and peace in my life. So, mm. so I find that doing, doing the illogical goes against conventional wisdom, but I feel because it's a truth that people find very freeing. So I, I would say that I am illogical chapter has been uh, yes. it's, it's, yeah, it's been on people's hearts from what I from what I've heard yeah amazing amazing to share to share that and just to share um yeah just to follow the heart to really follow the heart because the heart the heart knows the body knows the soul knows and then the mm. and then the mind follows it's you know the old the old paradigm is okay the mind is like the operator of everything but actually it's like a it's a holistic program that we're running right and so mm -hmm. i think it's really important what you're sharing about um the co-creation of that, like the co-creation of using, you know, the two two powerful places, the irrational and the irrational, bring them together as a bridge of balance. And yeah. and this is also what I'm um, finding in the new paradigm of education as well is there's just so many people out there that are all kind of um, in their own flavor, like yourself and like others, like all saying the same thing just in their own way around, you know, how can we build this bridge where this is the norm, where following the heart is the norm. Like, it's like, okay, this is what I want to lead today. This is what I want to learn today. Um, mm -hmm. And how does that even actualize, you know? And I, I'm fascinated because I've been seeing it actualize with everybody who's <laughs> been on the podcast and people I've connected with in just so many different ways. And it, it really lights me up to hear that. So, so yeah, thank you for sharing around that. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, so I have a, I'm actually curious, what, have you seen a big shift? Because again, I know you're someone who values growth. Have you seen a big shift in the types of questions people are, are asking, like, have you found, like, I believe this last two and a half years, regardless, again, being respectful, everyone has had a different lived experience, but I do believe it's been a powerful catalyst for us to just ask questions about, you know, am I living a life that's alignment with, you know, where I actually truly want to go? Have, have you seen the a shift in like the question so that people are asking? Yeah, what, what's been your experience? Yeah, you mean um, in terms of education, I've seen it. I've been interviewing so many different people from everywhere around um, what is a new paradigm. And everybody that I've been interviewing are all um, 
paving different pathways, whether it's, you know, walking away from education, taking their kids out of education and creating kind of their own homeschooling networks or hubs or, you know, mm. forest schools or, um, you know, the ones that have been in schools, I've noticed they've been, um, you know, advocating for change or they've also had different uh, people or mentors coming in to facilitate other kinds of learning. And I think the biggest paradigm shift is that mindfulness um, has become normalized. And it's mm -hmm. also not, over, not even needing to be normal, but the fact that it's really supporting us in our growth, our evolution, our journey. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like this embodies um, big change, big change for everybody and for the next generation, because if they're feeling calm and happy and able to do whatever they want to do, it's going to be this like turning point, like of, well, what is it that we want to do? We don't necessarily need to go to university. We've already seen that with the pandemic. All of a sudden, everybody's entrepreneurs, like oh, <laughs> myself included, like stepping mm -hmm. into my power of like, well, what can I create? What can I do? And not that I need to give it such a title, but I think well, I've, I've interviewed children that are like childpreneurs if you want to call them or youthpreneurs and it's just really really fascinating to see um to see them all excited and it doesn't mean that they have to do that thing forever it's like okay I'm going to try this right now then I'm going to try mm -hmm. something else then I'm going to try something else and yeah I don't know how else to describe it to you more than that but just that the global paradigm shift of consciousness has made the fruition of people's change what they're doing mm -hmm. um also like also manifest and I feel like this is the seeds and I feel like the next generation and the next generation is the birthing of this real change that mm. we're going to see you know mm. and, and I love thank you you know it's interesting what I really heard from you is this idea of like we've become because we've been forced to be still it's almost allowed us to kind of play more and mm -hmm. and, I'll, and I'll share with you a story so my kids have been playing with these lemonade stands and anyone that's been there, right. Knows that, you know, kids always have these wacky ideas about lemonade stands. And it was interesting that my daughter had one a few, so she's nine. She had an idea. She went to do a lemonade stand. And when we asked her why she said, I just, I just want to give, I just want to give people lemonade. So she went out, she went with her own money that she had put away and she bought the lemonade. She bought the cups and she set up a stand and she thought, you know what, if people want to donate, great. And she came from a place of, she did it. She she had the three or four hours doing her lemonade stand. A couple of the neighbors came and helped her. And she just truly came from this place of wanting to help and serve. Like just, just brighten someone's day, leave people with the impression of just give them some lemonade. The interesting thing is she earned $80. And so it was interesting kind of, she didn't set out the intention to earn money. She set the intention to really just help and serve others. And I asked her, so how many do you think, how many cups of lemonade do you think you gave? She's like, I don't know, like, you know, 40. I said, so hmm, by logical standards, most kids sell it for like a quarter or, or a dollar. And here we are, this, this young and powerful woman decides to just, I just want to help and serve others. And here's, she's been blessed with this financial abundance. And she was just coming because she was so clear on, she just wanted to help and serve people. So I thought it was a great reminder that she did the illogical, but she was rewarded most importantly in her heart, but then too, she was rewarded financially as well. So that just, your, what you shared just reminded me of that experience a couple of weeks ago. 
Yeah, that's amazing. It's just a line. <laughs> it's inspired alignment or something like that. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> inspiration and then action, and then it all manifests in the way yeah. it does. And that's so cool. I'm so happy for for her, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll lead to other uh, other ideas and sparks of wisdom. You know, as well. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Yeah. So I usually always ask everybody who comes onto the podcast, um, well, what is your vision for a new paradigm of education? Again, it, it goes back to my mission. I, 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 My mission, as I said, is to help others see what's possible when they go all in and truly bet on themselves. And, and for me, it's really helping people to understand that the more time and energy you invest into yourself, the greater the returns will be. So it's just about really creating a culture where a paradigm of education, where it's studying the most valuable resource, which is yourself, that that's truly what education is. And that's what's going to make education meaningful and relevant to more young people and really help them to develop a lifetime appreciation of being a long life learner. So yeah. that's my vision for what paradigm is to value personal yeah. self-development. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I, yeah, I feel you and I, I hear you on that. And I feel it's really important that, um, that education is a place of, um, understanding within first before we can externalize it. And I also say that for educators and for parents out there as well, I find a lot of the stuff, um, that's happened is a lot of it, it needs is unlearning, unlearning and unlearning <laughs> to then move mm -hmm. into that place of being able to be the space holder again for our children with what they need. I've seen mm -hmm. it a lot. Um, a lot of our old kind of patterns and traumas have played out a lot and that's just not serving. I'm, you know, I, I can say for myself as well, I'm, I'm also always changing. Um, mm -hmm. It's not serving and to be able to move into that place within and then to be able to serve from there. And imagine teaching that to children as well, like that, that is also amazing that, you know, they're, they're perfect how they are and they can, you know, just be themselves, go within, be themselves. And from there, that is education. It's so cool. I love, I really love mm -hmm. this paradigm shift and I love your vision. It's really, really inspiring thank you yeah. so much I, I love what you're sharing it reminds me of the Buckminster Filler quote about the famous architect and I'll paraphrase it he said build a new mental model so, so that the old one becomes obsolete so I just love your idea of let, let's build a new one that is uh, empowering and then by doing that the old you know, limiting beliefs, the scarcity, the fear slowly starts to fade away, right? And the more we can live from that place of abundance, prosperity, riches, greatness, the more beautiful our world would be. Yes, I hear you 100% on that. And that's also part of the paradigm shift in itself is, you know, what you're saying around the competition and, you know, being right or wrong and, you know, the pressure <laughs> in the school and the, all these things that it's like, it's, it's like a playground. It's a, it's a school, but it's a playground for emotional learning. I feel like with all these things that are appearing, you know, yeah. and being able to, you know, be able to be strong within first and then all of that other stuff will fade away. And I don't even think that mm. will be relevant anymore anyway. Like, I don't think people that I've been speaking with are even considering it as normal anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. 
you know, so it's really cool to see that um, how we can help our, our children and also help ourselves and be kind to ourselves as well. Like I know as a parent, like it's not every day, it's not like, you know, sunshine, like it's beautiful some days. And then other days you're like, oh my gosh, I really need to go within and do my own piece as well. So I'm not saying I'm like this perfect superhuman, but I'm just saying that if everybody takes the steps and starts to work within that, we will definitely see a conscious shift for humanity and for like for education as part of that, you know, so. Mm -hmm. empathy that's what i'm here for you right if we can demonstrate more empathy most importantly with ourselves we can then demonstrate more empathy for others right and just yeah yeah all right well thank you so much for coming on a new paradigm of education podcast it's been so lovely to connect with you and how could people reach out to you if they were wanting to yeah, thanks. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, I'm across most social, so I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, uh, on Facebook, and most days I'm sharing an idea that just, just like challenging people to actually stop and think and maybe just prompt some deeper reflection. So it's, uh, my handles across socials are the same. It's at underscore JT underscore Sui. And you can connect with me there. Uh, you can learn more about, you know, my messaging. You can learn more about the book. You can actually download a sample of the book as well. You can see the podcast that I have. Yeah, so I just want to... Yeah, What's your podcast name? The podcast is called The Huddle. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I'll have to check it out as well. Sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming on our, our show today. And thank you to everybody who's been tuning in today, because honestly, it's all of you that we're doing this, this for. We, we're here to co-create with you. If you have a vision for a new paradigm, you can always find me as well in Facebook, in our group in a new paradigm of education. And I'm always willing to hold hands with uh, anybody who wants to talk about making a change in the world, especially in the world of education, because I'm really, really passionate about supporting supporting our children and ultimately supporting ourselves as well to to be happy and to evolve in that way. So thank you, everybody. Namaste and be the change that you wish to see in this world. Mm -hmm.